I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Again, Dolphin fans, and welcome into a fourth consecutive Victory Monday right here on SB Nation's The Finsider Radio, a.k.a. The Jake and Josh Show. I am Josh Houts. You can follow me on Twitter, at Houts, and my co-host is at Jake Mendel. You can find him on Twitter, at J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94. Before we jump in and discuss Tua Tungvaloa's impressive performance, before we talk about the awesome fourth down stop or Brandon Jones' Awesome hustle play on that fumble. I need to remind you to please smash the subscribe button. Leave us a review, and if you crawl on our DMs and show us a picture that you did both of those things, you will be qualified to win a very special Solomon Kinley jersey. So with all of that said, it's victory, mother effing Monday. How's it going today, Jake? Josh, for the fourth time in, in four weeks, we're sitting here celebrating a win as the Miami Dolphins, I mean, kind of piece together a win against the Arizona Cardinals. to really gutsy performance, you know. The Cardinals came roaring back with with a 14-point third quarter, but the Dolphins to shut them out in the fourth and score those 10 points to secure the victory. And, you know, we're recording the show a little late. It's it's Monday night, and we had a little time to marinate in this victory. And there's kind of this tone around this team now that it's a fun, flashy team where the timeline is all of a sudden speeding up at an alarming rate after seeing the performance the Dolphins put on. We're seeing a new, you know, standard for this Dolphin team, and there's a new idea of, hey, this is looking like a playoff team already. Something to keep in mind that I think is very important for all of us is the fact that, Josh, we've we've matched our total in terms of the Miami Dolphins, our win total of last season in just eight games. Halfway through the season, we're already at that five-win mark. Josh, we're feeling really good, and 
The best part about this win, despite giving up 31 points, every aspect of the team, I think, played well yesterday. Let's do it. Let's do a pick your own adventure. Josh, where do you want to begin here? I mean, you know exactly where I want to begin. It has to be Tua, right, man? I mean, uh, you know, last week, the the defense, we all know how well they played and kind of helped elevate this team. And Tua struggled a little bit, let's be honest, last week. But it was the complete opposite. We saw quick, decisive decision-making. He looked accurate. He was putting the football exactly what he, where he had to put it. And, I mean, he completed 20-20 passes, 248 yards, the two touchdowns, I mean. Uh, you mentioned this was an overall performance, you know, offense, defense, special teams. But the way Tuatana Valoa played, I mean, y- you said it best. Uh, this is speeding up at an alarming rate in the way Tuatana Valoa went out there. And, you know, one week ago, the national pundits were sitting here wondering if he was a bust and uh, where he compared with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Tuatana Valoa went out there and did exactly what a lot of Dolphin fans expected him to do and knew he was capable of. And it, it, you just love to see it. I kind of think, you know, uh, I, I won't say Tua played poorly in the first half by any means, but I do think it was a tale of two halves where, where Tua just looked like he could, could legitimately take over a game in that second half, specifically that fourth quarter. But, I mean, the first half there, Josh, the Dolphins scored 24 points, and, I mean, you're going to take that in any, you know, half of football, especially against a top-ranked uh, offense like the Arizona Cardinals, a team you're worried about kind of giving them extra possessions. I mean, after they got that strip fumbled to, to start the game, I mean, it was the Preston Williams show in that first half four receptions on five targets for 60 yards and Josh you know he had a touchdown he was really wheeling and dealing out there and I think the big thing is just taking advantage of your volume what we were kind of complaining about for Preston Williams for some time was hey he's gonna get these targets but I mean these couple drops you know is it really worth giving him these eight nine targets we see sometimes and straightforward what we saw on Sunday is yes Preston Williams is certainly worth these targets he had a spectacular performance and you know he did suffer a foot injury on the touchdown pass that he caught he dove into the end zone uh, over two defenders uh, but it seems like the Miami Dolphins are taking that day by day and the injury is not going to be as long term as it certainly felt when he was carted off to uh, after that touchdown. Uh, something to keep in mind there too. We see someone like Mike Jacecki who you know caught three uh, of his four targets for 42 yards, but he really opened up that play. And we're starting to see wrinkles in Miami's offense that I'm really getting excited about because what we saw on that play was Preston Williams wide open underneath was able to jump over those two guys, but it really started with Mike Jacecki going right over the middle and going to the back of the end zone. There were three guys back covering him. We saw decision-making from Tua early, but Josh, walk me through that second half because that was that was absolutely bananas from Tua. Yeah, it, it really was, and you have to tip your hat to Preston Williams. He struggled a few last week, and he bounced right back. Had a monster game. You you hope he bounces back because absolutely need him out there, but you kept saying, you know, this was a team effort, and the other guys, they stepped up. Jakeem Grant, we see him out there, four four catches on five targets, 35 yards. We know Matt Collins, you kind of predicted that a little bit, you know, before <laughs> before the game started, that he was going to go out there and come down with a touchdown, and he did. You know, he went out there and he, he mossed a guy, so uh, next man up mentality, and that's how it has to be this way out, uh, you know, moving forward, because unless you're going to Unless you're going to get more speed from an Antonio Callaway or you're hoping for Lynn Bowden to go out there and do something. Malcolm Perry, maybe. I mean, this is the receivers that you have. I mean, you're you're making a legit playoff push, and you need a Devontae Parker to be that true number one wide receiver. You need Preston Williams to hopefully be healthy and be that number two. And you need Jakeem Grant to be that speedster that he truly is. So, um, you know, and keep feeding just Mike Kosicki the football because, let's be honest, he needs more targets because that man is an animal. 
Yeah, and, you know, he looks bored out there sometimes waiting for that football to come. I mean, he had a couple of catches where you're just really impressed with the development of Jacecki, especially after you look back to that first season with the team. Uh, obviously, Adam Gase, the uh, <laughs> Adam Gase-led Jets are about to beat the Patriots. I say that. Uh, there's about 14 minutes left in the game. So uh, whenever you listen to this game, you'll be laughing with me or at me on that one. But, I mean, that Mac Hollins catch for the touchdown there, and I think at the time it was – I believe it was uh, – it wasn't the game. It was the game uh, tying touchdown. It was at the start of the fourth quarter. There's 11 minutes left. And it was after that awesome stats. drive. It was that huge oh. drive. Remember that 93-yard drive from two of ten plays, I think, and they capped it off with that incredible pass to Mac Collins. What a, I mean, just to kind of look at that Mac Collins touchdown for a second. I mean, the 11-yard completion had a probability of 16.4% according to NFL Next Gen stats. That was the most improbable completion by, by a Dolphins quarterback over the last three seasons. And that's kind of the 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 specialness of having someone like Tua, where he's going to make the plays and put the wide receivers in such the perfect position. And you know, people called that Mac Collins catch a uh, a fade route. And and just kind of thinking about how the Dolphins are using fades with with Tua and even with Ryan Fitzpatrick compared to uh, years past with the Cutlers, the Osweilers, the Tannehills, it's more of a dart throw than it is just a lob and have the wide receiver to go get it. I mean, the air distance on that yard or on that pass was 28 yard, 28 and a half yards. Mac Hounds only had half a yard of separation and the sideline distance, he only had a yard of wiggle room. So that was just so impressive. And that, that drive really began with a strong, strong performance on third and nine. The Dolphins are backed up inside their own 10 yard line. And this is a spot where you have a rookie quarterback. And this was the big fear of Tua. What is he going to do? Is he going to crumble? What are, what kind of fears are we going to see? Is he going to take a sack? Is he going to get hurt? Third and nine inside the 10 yard line. You're looking at a possible opportunity to give Kyler Murray, who is having an outstanding year, had an outstanding game, another chance with the ball, with the Cardinals up seven, but instead, inside his own 10-yard ten yard line, Tua finds Devontae Parker for about an eight-yard game, not only gives them some breathing room, but keeps the drive alive. We see some plays from Tua on the ground that were absolutely incredible, where you, you kind of see where Tua isn't the Kyler Murray, where he's going to just run uh, these designed plays and just kind of sprint by the defense. But what he can do is he can make a couple guys miss. He is very elusive and his decision-making, man, it's on another level because on both of those runs, one of them, he had Buddha Baker looking goofy, and on the other one, I think he juked by two different defenders. It, it was awesome to see, and I think before that he had a – it was a kind of a short run, but he, he slid, and at that point you just knew that hip was good. But, I mean, he was out there making some plays that, you know, before the hip too it was out there doing, and you didn't quite know if he would ever be able to quite make those some kind of elusive moves and, and make some guys miss in space, but he absolutely did. we got to talk about the running backs. I mean, your guy Jordan Howard, I'm looking at it, 10 carries, 19 yards, 1.9 per – Preparing. Not yet. Not great. He, he's Kalen Balaj. It's the Scooby-Doo meme that I made. But Sav, Savon, Savon Ahmad, there we go. I got it. Seven attempts, 38 yards, 5.4 yards per carry. Um, again, we know he's Miles Gaskin's teammate at Washington. But this guy, he had the uh, best NFL debut from a Dolphins rookie with his 38 rushing yards since Jay Ajayi's debut back in uh, November 2015. So I think we might see more of him moving forward. I definitely think Jordan Howard needs to go on the back burner. And and Patrick Laird, I mean, I think that was one of those underrated plays, that little dump mm-hmm. off before the half. I mean, uh, that, that was a game changer. And again, uh, uh, Jakeem Grant, I, third and 10, late in the game, you know, Tua made a nice decision, hit hit uh, Jakeem Grant on that little curl comeback route, and it was for nine yards, set up that Jason Sanders record-breaking 
uh, game winner, to be completely honest. And, you know, I kept that. I think I've predicted a Jason Sanders game winner since like week two. We finally got it. But, I mean, he's in the record books now for, I think it's 20, 20 straight. Uh, broke Alindo Mares, but what a overall offensive performance. And, you know, we didn't even talk about the offensive line. And, I mean, that's that's going to be interesting moving forward. I mean, Solomon Kinley seemed like the odd man out, and that was our boy Jesse Davis got some uh, got some playing time at left guard once they brought Austin Jackson back into the game. So, moving forward, it's going to be interesting to see. And Brian Flores at his press conference today said there are only two guys that are, you know, c- cemented into the lineup, and that's Ted Carras, the center, and uh, – Eric Flowers, the left guard. So there could be some moving pieces there. And just to piggyback on that with Eric Flowers, whether or not you take pro football focus, you know, as hearsay or, or, you know, gospel, he was the highest graded Dolphins player with an 88.5 best grade of his entire six-year career. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the way that offensive line shapes up moving forward because we know how important it is to the Dolphins' success. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Something to keep in mind, too, is I was a little discouraged when you see someone like Solomon Kinley come out of the game. You know, he's our guy. We like to root for him. He's a blast to watch play. I mean, he's always having fun out there. It's fun to see a mountain mall over um, defensive linemen. But the Dolphins do like to use six linemen time and time again. So whether it's Kinley who misses some time, um, by time I mean a couple snaps here or there, or even Robert Hunt who started his fourth straight game, and Big Pop Hunt is looking great out there at right tackle, I think the Dolphins are going to get enough opportunities to have all these offensive linemen at least get enough experience in the rookie year to really go into next season and be confident or at least understand what we have in them whether do we need to draft a couple guys are we set do we just need to develop and gain some depth those are questions that you know we expect to be answered this year but what we didn't expect is the Dolphins to go three and one against the NFC East arguably the best division in football and they're three and one on the road I mean these are two impressive stats you think about what this team is going to do as they start to get more home games you know with a balance of, of road games you know that just just took place there that hard rock advantage that sun beating down that's just something to kind of keep in mind and think about as the Dolphins do have that three and one road record in around their first four-game winning streak since 2016. It's just a lot of moving parts that are going really well for the Dolphins right now. And we're talking about that P where we're thinking maybe playoffs are looking like a legitimate chance this year, a two-horse race in the AFC East. But, I mean, Josh, for giving up 31 points, I think the Dolphins' defense deserves a bit of credit for uh, how they performed today. And we'll get into that right after this break. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. We talked about the Dolphins' offense and Tua Tonovaloa's impressive performance, but we once again have to talk about this Dolphins' defense. And yes, they gave up 442 yards to the Cardinals, but again, we talked about it coming into this. This was Kyler Murray. This was an elite player that, you know, we saw on the ground. He had, what, 106 yards rushing. I think that was the most in his career. He had another uh, 283 through the air and three touchdowns. So this guy, you know, he is a playmaker. He was hard for the Dolphins to stop. 
But again, they bent, they didn't break. Sure, Byron Jones struggled, and we know he gave up, I think it was six catches on six targets. We know your boy Christian Kirk that you said you weren't too worried about had caught five of eight for a hundred caught five of eight for hundred and twenty-three in a touchdown. Um but it was the pieces and those guys that picked up the slack and they made plays when they had to. I mean, that fourth down stop was awesome. We continue to see Emmanuel Agba playing out of his mind. He had set, he has seven sacks now on the year. He, he already has more than the dolphins. I think taco Charlton had five or five and a half last season. He already has more than dolphins uh, leading a sack leader last season. So, this defense is playing awesome and it's complementing, you know, what the offense is doing and that matchup between Xavier Howard and DeAndre Hopkins. You might look at the stat sheet. Yes, DeAndre Hopkins had three catches for 30 yards. He was completely shut out in the first half, and it was awesome because I did a Madden simulation the day before, and he went that entire game without a catch. So I was like, oh, damn, Madden's <laughs> prophesizing this. And then, of course, he got his. But some of those pass interference calls, you know, they were they could have gone either way. But I, I like the way Xavier Howard played. Again, Byron Jones, you have to bounce back. You, you're much better than you played. I think he admits that. But overall, another good team performance. And again, when they needed to make a play, it, they stepped up in a big way. Yeah, Josh, would you believe it if I told you that the Dolphins uh, are practicing scooping scores in, in practice? Would you would you believe that's something? Because that's what Jeff Darlington tweeted. I mean, uh, Emmanuel Agba, man, has been out of his absolute mind. I mean, when I look at the comparisons to this year, to 2016, under Adam Gase, a team that went on a six-game winning streak to make the playoffs. I mean, I remember Andre Brandt really stepped up, but... As a, as a first-year free agent signing, it was another like two-year prove it, kind of like Emmanuel Agba has here. But I don't think we ever would have expected Agba to have this type of year so far. He has three strip sacks on the year. Shaq Lawson was able to scoop it and score it. I mean, Brandon Jones had an excellent block on that play. Um, I believe Shaq Lawson was also our highest-rated defender in terms of pro football focus. And there's just a certain level of consistency with this defensive line we're starting to see. And, you know... When you look at that secondary, uh, you know, Bobby McCain missed a little time and, and they were lit up for 283 yards. But when you look at that performance from Kyler Murray, and, and he is an all-star, he is an absolute stud at the quarterback position. The the bigger number is, is Chase Edmonds, who went had 25 carries for 70 yards. That's a 2.8 average. His long was six. And, and Josh, if we're sitting here and saying how a couple poor plays from Byron Jones and, and Xavier Howard are, are the worst performances on the defensive side of the ball, I think we're going to be okay. I mean, I don't think, you know, I, I guess I kind of did say I thought we'd hold him down to about 21, something like that. Uh, that Christian Kirk bomb was incredible. Kyler Murray was impossible to stop on the ground with 11 carries for 106 yards. But, I mean, when, when Byron Jones has a bad performance and Xavier Howard struggles a little bit, has a little bit of a bumpy game, whatever you want to, however you want to describe it, and you're still able to pull out a win, I mean, that's just such a positive sign in terms of the direction of this team, in terms of the direction of this defense, because it, there's no sign of these guys slowing down where they're going to even against the I guess their worst type of matchup is a mobile quarterback. You saw Jerome Baker and Kyle Van Noy, two guys who I think are pretty solid linebackers, just straight up not be able to keep up with Kyle Murray. Kyler Murray, excuse me. But you have to feel good about the direction of this defense, especially when you come out of there, you hold them scoreless in that fourth quarter. You mentioned it, that fourth down stop. We have to give a little credit to Cliff Kingsbury where there are a couple of times where they either gave it to Chase Edmonds for two straight runs and they were stuffed, or they would have Kyler Murray throw a weird out route across his body instead of just running for a first down. So shout out to Cliff Kingsbury for helping us out there. But, you know, the defense did enough just to have us feeling really good about that 
hey, you know, we might get beat, but we'll still have a couple stops. We'll give the offense a chance to win this game. Absolutely, and I think what I like to see most is, again, how young this team is and how they have all the ammunition to, to add the pieces to this team that they, they truly need. We mentioned on an earlier podcast, you know, Brian Flores earlier in the season, you just wanted to see this defense be elite because he came here to be this defensive-minded guy, mm-hmm. and you're starting to see it. He, he tipped his hat to Josh Boyer and his game plan for just, you know, the back-and-forth chess match that he had with Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, this is back-to-back weeks where the Dolphins, again, you can look at the statistics and, and whatever and the yards and the points, and we knew this was going to be a shootout, but the fact that they did make those plays, like you said, um, in critical moments and just came up when they needed to make stops. I mean, it, it's awesome to see. And this game just felt different than other other games that I've watched as Dolphin fans. You know, like part part of you just figured, you know, same old Dolphins, you know, this is going to end up in a loss. But part mm-hmm. of you, you just you just remained calm and you were just like watching Tua just make a throw after throw and watching the defense make stops when they needed to. It, it was awesome to see. And it, it just – the Dolphins have something special brewing. I don't know what else you can say. And that's coming as a Homer Dolphin fan, but that has to also be coming from those guys looking at it from an outsider's perspective, because what they're building here, uh, you know, it's awesome. And, you know, this is, it's been, you know, at least five games or so since they've trailed by double digits. And I think that's where you get that little sigh of relief of, Hey, maybe they're still in this game. Um, And, you know, there were times where we could have absolutely been losing our mind, whether it's the Byron Jones missed interception um, and or not taking advantage of an Andy Isabella running back behind the uh, first down marker, which was absolutely awesome to see. But but they decided to pull it through. And Josh, being the homers we are, let, let's talk about Brian Flores for a minute because this was a pretty incredible performance. I mean, Tua started his second game. You had a rookie running back getting a bulk of the carries. He was actually on the field more than Jordan Howard, I believe, despite getting less carries. This team didn't turn the ball over once. They were out without five assistants, including the quarterback's coach. And yet this team was cool, calm, and composed against a great matchup against a good Cardinals team coming off a huge win against Seattle. And then their bye week, I mean, the Dolphins had no business winning this game. And that's just, you know, okay, you can pull it off at home once in a while. But, I mean, just this whole national tone around the Miami Dolphins seemed to be shifting just because, you know, whether it was the defense stepping up in the first half, Jason Sanders icing both, you know, the end of the first half and the end of the second half, not only kicking a new career high with his 56-yarder, uh, but, I mean, 20 straight field goals dating back to last year. He's 17-0 on this season. I mean, you would expect some sort of hiccups or some sort of massive miscues, and I don't mean, like, uh, Byron Jones getting beat. I just mean, like, maybe some blown coverages, a couple silly penalties, but, I mean, there was really none of that going on, and you just got to give Brian Flores so much credit. Josh, even the way he took timeouts, the announcers, they were kind of befuddled by the way Flores would use his timeouts when the defense really was, like, attitude or, or really off balance of uh, the way the Cardinals ran that hurry-up offense. But there's he was embracing, and I guess this is what you get for having a defensive-minded coach. The way he was using the timeouts was to make sure his team was prepared and, and ready for whatever that Cardinals offense was going to throw at him. And I deserve, I think he deserves all the credit in the world for that because that's something I haven't seen anybody talking about. But he made sure he was using all his timeouts in both halves, and, and I think he used them pretty well and, and went away from the grain of that. We're going to save them to the end of the half where we can kind of use them to drive down the field one last time. He used them in a different way, but one way that I see thought was very successful. 
Absolutely. And I think that you and I deserve credit for this whole coach of the year campaign that we do eventually start. But, um, you know, what was most impressive was how the Dolphins overcame adversity, you know, everything that was going on this week. And then we find out right before the game, you know, they were without five assistant coaches. They were without Gerald Alexander, uh, quarterback coach Robbie Brown, Austin Clark, Marion Hobby and Colby Smith. I mean, they had George Godsey, the tight end coach as quarterback coach coaching two on the sideline. I mean, that's some impressive stuff. And it takes, you know, everyone working together. And that's what uh, that's what Brian Flores said after the game. You know, this was an organizational thing, you know, from the top to the bottom, you know, everyone put in the work and made sure that things were safe and they were able to play this game. And they went out there in, in a in a Western sh- shootout and they came back with a W. It, it, it's awesome to see. And you're right, Brian Flores, I mean, the, the guy deserves all the credit in the world. And you are starting to see some of these, national you know pundits starting to backtrack on some of the things they might have said about Tua or the Dolphins or just you know what they've done because remember last year I mean they they sat here and tried to say Brian Flores was tanking there, there's no tank this guy's building a one hell of a football team and uh, they're here to stay I mean and that that's the thing too despite them you know struggling last year you saw the identity start to kind of boil over I mean Zach Sealer, another awesome performance on the defensive line in in a yes. unit that only is mixing through three guys. I mean, that's something we don't really think about too too much either. I mean, Devon Godshaw's out, and that wasn't a a strength of the Miami Dolphins defense to begin with was that interior of the defensive line. But those guys are playing pretty pretty damn well, all things considered. And, and Josh, I think we can start to wrap it up here. But I mean, eight games through the 2020 campaign, the Dolphins are five and three. And when we start to look at the Dolphins schedule remaining, it's one of the best in the league. Obviously, Kansas City's there. But I mean, the Patriots are looking worse and worse by the day. The Bills are still there. But I mean, all of a sudden, we're not wondering, you know, if the Dolphins can win these games. It's, you know, are they going to get caught sleeping? And, And there's just that tone of, I've never dealt with this as a Dolphins fan. This is such a cool, unique experience where you have Denver and San Diego on the horizon, and the Dolphins are going to be legitimately favorited, and it's just going to boil down to do they execute if they play their brand of football, which they're clearly capable of. They're going to string together another six games, if not more than that, that we saw in 2016, and, and playoffs are going to look like a real reality this year. It really is crazy to, to think, and I'm much older than you, and not at all wiser, but uh, this really is, you know, one of the most exciting teams and, you know, just one of the more fun times to be a Dolphins fan. You mentioned that Chargers game. Again, it's another late one. So is the Broncos the week after. They'll be wearing their throwbacks against the Chargers. That's going to be awesome to see. Then they got the Jets and the Bengals. I mean, those are four very winnable games, but we know this is the NFL. Even if they come out of that three and one, I mean, uh, th- then you're what, eight and four with with what four games to go? I mean, that's awesome. And again, with an an additional wild card team, I truly believe the Dolphins are more than in the hunt. And uh, I think, you know, they're going to go out there and they and they gotta they gotta do things that we haven't seen from Dolphins team in the past. And that's, you know, not play down to some of these lesser opponents. They need to go out there mm-hmm. and win these games convincingly because they just beat two very good NFC West teams. Now you got to go out there and beat Justin Herbert and the Chargers or, or the Broncos. You know, so. Um, it's not going to be easy, but it looks very, very nice. And, you know, we're Dolphins. We didn't expect this in 2020, but we love to see it. The Dolphins, they've scored less than 24 points once this season, and, and that's, a, that's a mark for success right there. You're going to win a lot of football games by scoring, you know, a lot of points. 
you don't don't need to be a math guy to figure that one out. But the Dolphins set five and three. The win over the Cardinals brought them to three and one on the road this year, and that's about one of the most impressive stats I can think of. But Josh, there's a lot we can talk about about moving forward. That San Diego matchup is looking real juicy. I'm excited to get into that one later this week with you. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening with us. Be sure to keep the conversation going. Follow us on Twitter at jmendel94 at h-o-u-t-z for how's uh josh that meme you posted the kyler murray and the the two of well you made and, and let me post i mean man that thing had me roll it over that was hilarious you had a great post today you had some two snapbacks uh along with some vince mcmahon and some titanic music so be sure to hit that follow button especially for how he certainly uh deserves that and if you guys are enjoying what you're listening to be sure to tune in later this week for our preview show um and make it easy on yourself. You don't want to have to keep up. Hey, is the show out? Is the show yet? Smash that subscribe button. Let us know if you like what you're listening to. Leave a review. Um, and if we see it, if your Twitter account is in that review or you send us a link to that review with a screenshot on Twitter, however you want to do it, Carrier Pigeon, you'll be entered to win a free Solomon Kinley jersey just because, you know, we want to show you guys uh, how much we care that you guys are listening to the show. And, you know, running through this awesome journey we're having so far this season. Josh, the media's on our side for once. Or, I mean, I don't even want to say that, but we're getting a lot of good press. The Dolphins and, and being in the hunt is something we're certainly used to, but this time certainly feels different. Thank you so much for doing the show with me. And most importantly, fins up. Let Tua cook. Fins up, Finsider baby. Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Cause we're the...